0: Welcome back to The Short Game, the podcast about games that respect your time. This week, we're a duo. Uh, We've got Shane. How are you doing?
1: I am great.
0: And I'm Laura. And this week, we're going to be covering PlayStation VR, because Shane has a PSVR. I don't. And we haven't actually covered it since episode 105, which was games released all the way back at the launch in 2016. So lot's happened since then. Uh, Moss is coming out, and uh, Shane has been plugging it back in. And I want to know what is going on,
1: Shane. Yeah, it's been a um, it's been an interesting little while for the PlayStation VR. The um, the console I thought had a really successful launch, as as you know you guys remember we we talked about in that episode. Um, and it's been a while, and games just continue to sort of spill out for the PlayStation VR. It's the only real VR that's I think hitting a consumer level, and so it's still getting some of these cool exclusive games. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it this week is the newest game that I think really sells the PSVR experience, which is Moss. Moss is an incredible action platformer um, that plays out like a interactive uh, storybook. Uh, it features a beautiful little, incredibly finely animated and beautifully crafted character of a mouse uh, and the mouse's name is Quill, and she is a adorable little sword swinging action star. Um, so it is. So far, it's a really interesting game. It's made by a, a group of developers called Polyark, and they're all interestingly enough former Bungie devs. And if you have played stuff like Destiny, you know uh, that the devs at Bungie are really good at creating incredible atmosphere. Um, So you know, if you if you you know like me, spent a lot of time trolling around the dreadnought in the Taken King, uh, just sort of exploring every nook and cranny and seeing how just super cool and metal as hell uh, a spaceship that came in from outside the solar system, full of worm worshipping hive monsters. uh, If if that was cool and you'd actually like that same experience, except instead of hive monsters, it's adorable, cute animals. Uh, and instead of a spaceship, it is uh, a beautiful storybook world. Hang on, this is probably the worst way to introduce this game ever.
0: So the tagline I've heard is, "It people who like the Redwell books, which is mm-hmm. kind of fantasy with tiny talking animals and in a monastery and very, very, you know, fighting sword, you know, little animals, that's what I know about about this. Yes, from.
1: yeah, no, it totally, it's totally that, and they they put that right up front. One of the very first areas you're introduced to uh, once you meet the character of Quill is you take a walk through a little mouse village, um, and the scenery, the lighting,
0: Hobbit Town, but Mouse Town.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's what's wonderful about it is the sense of scale is really perfect because um, it's one thing to play a game, play a normal, you know. I would say, uh, flat game, non-VR game. It's one thing to play a game like that where you have a character who's a tiny little mouse. That's great. But what you're not getting is the sense of 3D depth and scale, which adds this whole beautiful additional element because the mouse is the size of a mouse and you are still human-sized. And so this world that is all, you know, Uh, detailed and gorgeous and fantastical and beautifully lit, um, and it surrounds you, and you stay stationary, but the the mouse you control with sort of very typical, very familiar action RPG controls. So, um, you know, you have this experience of, you really feel the size and the tininess of this character because it's the character is 3D, and you can literally lean down and use your controller to pat the mouse on the head if you wish.
0: Is it kind of like a God View toy box game, or is it more that you're in the environment and the and Quill is little?
1: Yeah, it's really it's really unique. Um, it uh, the the perspective of the game. It's a game that plays really well while you're seated. Um, and if you can kind of imagine that um, about halfway up your torso is the level of like the ground. Oh, right? so you have. Like, it's, it's as if you're sitting at a desk, sort of. That sort of perspective, I would say. And um, they really put a lot of c- cinematography tricks, I'd say, into it. Because the, the world of the game um, kind of com- comes out to meet you in a way. Um, you know, if you're one of the earliest scenes, you can look down and you can see your own reflection in a lake. And you're just sort of this blank mask. And all... And everything that, where the mouse might go, everything where Quill might go is pretty much within reach. Uh, so if you were to take the controller and stick it as far as you can out to the left and then move it in front of you and then all the way around to the right in an arc, that's pretty much where the level is, right? But also as you get more and more into the game, the levels get taller and taller and, and there's more and more going on. Um, and the, um, so the the perspective is kind of like, um, it's close, uh, but it's not, but it, in a way that makes you feel like you're a part of the world. Um, but it's, it's not that sort of God perspective where you're looking down on a, a, a toy box of full, of full of fun stuff, which is, which is cool, but, uh, it's not this game. You also don't yeah. move, uh, the, you, you, you're moving from scene to scene, uh, when Quill comes in through one door in the scene and then there's usually a very obvious exit that you're trying to get to. And uh, what they've done really beautifully, when I say it's very cinematographic, cinem- cinema, am I saying cinematography?
0: Cinematography.
1: <laughs> There's good, yeah. So the, it's, it's some good pictures. It's good being
0: cinematography. Used. Good. Yeah. good so film.
1: they're they're very careful about how they direct your eye. When you have Quill leave a scene through a door, um, like Quill will walk out through that door, and things will go black for a second as the next scene loads, and when things load in generally you're going to be looking in the same spot, right? So the, the as you leave through this door and you come into the next scene, um, always there's something gorgeous right in front of your field of view because they they know pretty much where you're going to be looking. Uh, and this is still in a in a fully 3D world where you can lean in and look around and, and they really reward you for visually exploring this world by like leaning and looking. Uh, there are like little scrolls that quill can collect. Uh, that are hidden usually in the game. They're often like behind something, or um, you know, just around the side of something. Something where y- you might not even be able to fully see it by like craning your neck. So you have to really kind of lean and look. And that that sort of exploring by by looking uh, is really well rewarded in the game with little 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 uh, extras that you can get. I don't. I haven't collected enough of those scrolls to know if they do anything really cool. I think they are um, in a loading screen. There's like a picture that you're building that looks like a stained glass window. Anyway, haven't fully unlocked any of that stuff.
0: And this sounds like a game that does not work without VR.
1: You know, it kind of would, but the thing about VR games, and, and I don't know if this is like a trend in VR games, the games that are really working well for me in VR, a lot of them are simple to the point that they're maybe aimed at children. It's hard to say if Moss is entirely aimed at children because you'd be a fool to fully commit to, you know, making a, a a $20 game for a $200 add-on for a $400 console and say this is for kids. Yes. But it has that feel of being something that's welcoming for kids. The wonder. Yeah. And not just that. Also, the easy controls. Mm. Um, but... That could also be that easy controls are really what you need when you can't see your hands.
0: Something I found when I was doing research, when I was doing game design, was that if it's a new mechanic, you have to keep things simple. If it's something that people play rarely, as opposed to, um, you know, a dual stick shooter, where you assume that someone's going to be spending a, quite a lot of time with the game or is going to be doing lots of games like it, there's still a novelty to PSVR, so the control schemes have to be. Super simple because it might be the first time you've ever done the controls like that, and you're distracted by the fact that you're in a completely new environment. Absolutely. There's just so many things going on that knowing what to do shouldn't be the game. Like guessing I, the controls is yeah, not the game. No,
1: I, I would I would agree with that. And, and the so there's nothing mechanically in the game that is. Well, I, I, let me let me take that back. There are some kind of interesting, unique mechanics, but they are. Um, But they're simple. I would compare this game to uh, Wayward Skies that I I mentioned in our first PSVR episode, which I also think has the feel of something that's aimed at a younger audience uh, and has very simple controls. Um, So I I think people are probably pretty wise to aim stuff at at the broadest possible audience on, on this platform because, you know, you never know. There's no, like, clear PSVR audience. There's games of every sort, and I want to talk about a few other games later, but uh, well, back to Moss. Uh, like I was saying, it, it does have some unique elements, uh, and that is as you get a little bit more into it, it's both kind of an action platformer and a little bit of a, well, it, action platformer pretty much sums it up. You know, you you've, Quill has a sword. Uh, she can swing it uh, doing a couple of different moves to uh, to fight enemies. And those enemies are uh, these bugs and crabs that appear mm. in the level. And um, a couple of times you'll just come into an area and rather than have a puzzle, you'll just have some waves of enemies. Uh, and then other times it integrates those enemies into a puzzle. And that's where things get really interesting. Uh, the puzzle elements of this game all come from you as the player having the ability to reach out and grab and move things. Um, and so in addition to some somewhat tricky platforming, uh, you'll have to be reaching out and moving these blocks around that give you know platforms and things like that. Um, but as you get a little more into it, there's also situations where uh, you're reaching out and grabbing Quill because that's how you heal her. Oh, nice. Um, or, and she has to be pretty much within reach in order to do that, so that can introduce a new wrinkle. Um, and also, the enemies in in the scene, you can actually grab them. And if you grab an enemy, uh, there's two types, like I said. There's a, there's a, a beetle-type enemy, and you can grab them and just sort of move them around and drag them. Uh, and there's the kind of crab enemy, and the crab enemy shoots little fireballs, And you can use the crab enemy to shoot fireballs. And there's also puzzles that kind of involve that. So, um, you know, sometimes it starts off very simple, just like grabbing a crab and sticking it on a pressure plate and then getting Quill to stand on the other pressure plate and that unlocks a door, Uh, stuff like that. Nothing that I ever did in the game felt like a huge stumper or anything like that, but uh, uh, it is really fun to really feel both like a part of this game and not. It's a combination of first-person VR grabbiness, which is you know a, a genre that I dearly love, uh, and third-person action. Uh, and you have to be able to master both of those at the same time, which is really neat.
0: Yeah, I love games where you have to switch back and forth through different modes, that kind of multitasking mm-hmm. game. Um, I really find that interesting because when I've um, – I've gone to Shane's house a couple times because he lives in the same city as my parents. Uh, So I sneak out and play games with Shane when I should probably be um, having family dinners. I provide that's
1: one of the services I provide is a family escape. Absolutely.
0: And when I play, I I think I've I've played a lot of games that they keep you in one mode or the other. You're either a passive observer or you are um, Batman. Yep. And I, I haven't really seen anything that combined them where you could kind of guide someone else through and interfere when you want to. That's a really cool combo. Mm
1: -hmm. It it really is fun. Uh, Honestly, I think it's a must buy for anybody that has PSVR. Um, It is now the game that if I were to show PSVR off to someone for the first time, this would be the game I would do it with. Um, It is both beautiful and fun and accessible and easy and gets, gets to the fun really quick. So um, yeah, I, I, I can't recommend it enough.
0: It's about three hours total, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's three, maybe four. Um, it's one of the games where like, you know, people, like my wife saw me playing it and she, she insisted on playing it too, which is pretty rare on, uh, on PSVR stuff. Cause, and it's frankly, PSVR is still clunky. It's still, a, it's, I think the easiest, lightest weight headset out there, but uh, it's the cheapest, uh, at least I still think that's true, but uh, it is still a bunch of extra cords and cables. Um, it's hard for me now to get time to actually play PSVR because I have a baby in the house, and nothing attract. At first off, you need to be able to see to make sure that your baby is still alive.
0: Yes, yeah, important.
1: Yeah, and uh, second, the baby loves to pull on cords, and PSVR is just there's so many cords, and they all are just so tempting for a baby. So I just can't play PSVR at all, really, during the day. I have to wait until my little baby is asleep. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm, I've got a little bit less time than I used to to play PSVR. And also, if I was to try and play some of the games like Super Hot VR, which I really wanna talk about, if I was to try and play that, I'm sure I would wind up kicking uh, someone. I would, like, the baby, the dog, I would punch the punch through the television, something like that.
0: Yeah. So tell me more about uh super hot VR, because I, I we've, there's a whole episode we did about it, but um, I don't think anyone else has been able to play it. And I've heard it's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're on record as, um, as being huge, super hot fans, super hot rules, um, super hot VR is another thing entirely. Super hot VR is so, so much fun. Um, so the premise of Super Hot is uh if you miss that, it's a first-person shooter where time moves only when you move. So if you stand perfectly still, time stands still, bullets hang in midair, uh knives being thrown at you are just sort of perfectly still. Um, but the instant that you move, and in super hot VR, that means moving your hands, because you're using the the two PlayStation controllers there. Um the move controllers, uh, or moving your head to look around, uh, time will advance. And so uh, in Super Hot VR, um, you might start off a level surrounded by these red enemies uh, who are all simultaneously shooting at you. And you have to lean to dodge bullets while uh, trying to grab a weapon and then use that weapon to kill all the bad guys uh, sometimes taking their weapons and turning them on them. Uh that makes you feel like a superhero. It's incredible. You feel like the flash meets John Wick. <laughs> um it's super cool. Uh and yeah, so Super Hot VR continues to be one of the very coolest games there is uh for PSVR. It, it is, like I said, a little bit a little bit dangerous because there's it's encouraging you to move around and punch quite a bit more than any other PSVR game. Like Moss, like I said, you can play completely seated, uh, super hot VR. You have to be standing. You have to be moving your arms. You have to lean. Uh, you'll need to get high and get low. Uh, that actually brings up something about the PlayStation VR, uh, about the hardware, the PSVR, um, because it has this single camera or dual camera, but um, a single point camera. The the, the PSVR camera is, is two cameras for depth, but it's uh, you place it in some place in your room. Um, you really have to be able to adjust it quite a bit uh, to move between games. So I can't play Moss and then think, oh boy, I'm I'd like to play some Super Hot VR and just flip over to it. Super Hot VR. Fakes a lot more of a like a closer to a room scale VR. Even though you're not like running around, you're definitely getting high and getting low and leaning and, and all that. And uh, you need like a different set of controls. You really need a different camera position because you have to have the camera such that you could reach down and grab something off the floor and it would still see you. Um, and the the PSVR works its best, I have found, when you adjust the camera so that it is as close as you can possibly get it to you. Hmm. Um, So for something like Moss, the tracking is really good because I can put the camera right in front of my chair. I can scoot a chair close up to 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 my TV console and I can have it so that like me from the elbow up is all that the camera sees, like head to elbow. And I'm never gonna be reaching way up high or way down low Uh, or leaning that much farther than I can reach. And so the PSVR camera tracks you really well in a circumstance like that. In a game like Superhot VR, where your range of movement, the area you need to be tracked in, is going to just be bigger by the nature of how you play the game, uh, the tracking is worse. Um, And that expresses itself in... Moments where, like, you look down and your hand is, like, shooting off away from you at 60 miles an hour. Hmm. Or um, where the whole world kind of gets a bit of a weird tilt to it. Like, like you know you're still facing in the same direction, but the whole world has kind of ticked off at a 15-degree angle from you. Uh, stuff like that. And that can be – there's – I've never – with the exception of some of the like very simplest games like Moss, I have, I have never played a game on the PSVR where the tracking was absolutely 100% perfect. Really even in Moss, the tracking is never hundred percent perfect. Uh, the more you need to move in a game, the more you need to be able to reach to your, to your feet or above your head, the worse, uh, the worse it is. And if a game has not been really built with this kind of constraint in mind, And it starts having you do something like reach behind you where the camera can't see, Mm. then all bets are off. The tracking is garbage. So, um, super hot VR
0: uh, moving is death. Yeah. I imagine that might be a little tough.
1: Super hot VR is pretty good about it because super hot VR doesn't have you like walk or move anywhere, but it definitely has enemies all around you. And like, mostly they're in front of you, but sometimes they're, they're behind you and you need to be able to deal with them. You need to be able to punch them, make them explode. You need to be able to grab their guns and things like that. Uh, but just by the nature of having to have the camera positioned so it can see you better and having a little bit worse tracking, that means some of those quick actions like reaching out and grabbing a, a gun that's in midair because you just killed the guy that was holding it and it flew out of his hands. That's that kind of fine grabbing ability is sometimes a little bit annoying. And so I, I'm i really hoping that in the future versions of PSVR, maybe they come up with some multi-camera setup. Maybe they have like wireless cameras that you can position or something like that. Um, or maybe they incorporate cameras into the headset so that it can track its position better or, or something like that. I don't know. Um, there's gotta be... Uh, a new version of PSVR in our laboratory somewhere. Uh, it's been a couple of years now since, since PSVR came out. Speaking of that, it's astounding to me that PSVR is still using the Move controllers. It's just mind-boggling.
0: Have all the games you talked about today so far been Move controller-based?
1: No. Some of... Well, Moss does not use the Move controllers. Moss uses a, P, a PlayStation 4 standard controller. Uh, and it does that because the move controllers have no um, ability to do directions. They don't have oh. a they don't have a, a joystick, right? There's no thumbstick on the move controllers. It which still blows my mind that they haven't brought out a move controller with a thumbstick. Um, I mean,
0: the only time I've really used move controllers outside of VR was when I was playing um, uh, Johann Sebastian Joust the. It's a yeah. big community game where it's basically tag, but you have move controllers. And if you move your move controller, you get out. Um, a freeze tag, not ta- not tag tag. Uh, other than that, I've never used a move
1: controller. They're not great. Um, they have a big action button on them, and they have a trigger. And on PSVR, that's basically all you use. Um, there are games that make use of – that try and get you some ability to, like, move around – Uh, But they do it by mapping movement along with other actions to these little teeny tiny PlayStation buttons that surround the big fat action button. And it's just not ideal. It's just not very good. Um, So one of the things that really drew me to Farpoint, which I don't think we've really discussed Farpoint on this show. uh, Farpoint is my other very favorite uh, PSVR game. Uh, it is so good because it has its own controller called the aim controller. And the aim controller is a big gun that looks like it's made out of PVC pipe. It's like, it looks like a triangle made out of PVC pipe Uh, and you hold it kind of like a gun and it has a joystick uh, for your thumb on the back end of the gun uh, and it has triggers on the front end of the gun. Honestly, it's great and uh if you're looking for that kind of first person shooter experience it's really the very best first person shooter that the PlayStation VR I think has to offer uh it's a uh, kind of a halo style sh- alien shoot 'em up um and you're free to move any way you want you can use the, the the joystick to run around um it still is a little bit odd because you know with the limitations of the PlayStation camera being in front of you, like if you want to turn one, the, the game has to basically be designed like one long hallway so that you minimize the amount of turning around that you have to do. First person shooters, mostly you're spinning 360 like constantly in order to see if there's enemies behind you. And that's not something you would ever want to really do in VR. Uh, and so while you can set it up so you can turn, that can actually be a little nauseating. Uh to like yeah. spin and not be spinning. So the game has you moving through these like labyrinth levels that are designed to keep you facing forward. And even the enemies are designed to keep you facing forward. There's these head crab things that jump on you. And uh, once they jump on you, if they jump off, you know, if, if you dodge them, they wind up behind you. It's not like they jump onto you from behind. They run back in front of you and then they try and attack you again. <laughs> So all the enemies will like stay in front of you, and if stuff is behind you, it mostly won't attack. So uh I mean and all all that's that said, it's kind of a kind of a sweet little solution, but um it's still it still feels a lot. When you
0: think about it in Reworld, it feels very silly, but I'm sure it feels a lot better because it, you it's really hard to communicate enemies attacking behind you in VR, I imagine.
1: Yeah, and they so, do so they, they do some don't. for it. But they do the, the typical first-person shooter thing where, you know, if you're hurt, something appears in your vision. But that kind of breaks the immersion a little bit.
0: So we've talked about the controls, but tell me more about the game itself.
1: Oh, sure. Farpoint is a, like I said, it's a very typical Halo-esque first-person shooter. Um, but the, uh, it does some really good stuff with story. Um, it's, it's a game where, you get pulled through a wormhole and crash on an alien planet full of spider monsters, uh, along with everyone who is on this space station with you. And so you're doing the thing where you move through a level and find these like audio logs and stuff. But instead of audio logs, they're fully VR hologram logs. And so you get to like actually walk around inside of the two, you know, the the scenes that are recorded by the people that you're trying to track down. And you can hear them on the radio and and stuff like that. So the story of it is pretty good. uh, And it's presented in a unique and interesting way. Uh, And it also has really cool boss fights. There's these gigantic, really, like, building-sized spiders that you have to fight. Uh, And there's a lot of, like, really neat uh, weapons, too. You can collect different weapons and the controller... Uh, changes to the look of the weapon that you're using. And you can change weapons by like taking the controller and putting it over your shoulder as if you're like throwing it into a backpack. Ching, ching. And then when you pull it back down, you have a different weapon. So that's, it's very immersive and really fun. Uh, I really that like that. sounds it.
0: I, like it would feel so cool to just be like whipping fake weapons out of your backpack. You know, you're just basically recharging, but it
1: seems. It is really cool. Although I will, I'll confess that like the more I got into it, the more- I was glad that I also had a button that could switch the weapons uh, because as you really, you know, get to playing, sometimes the, the novelty of throwing stuff over your shoulder wears off a little bit. And you really just want to get to that shotgun really fast so that you can kill the giant bug that's charging you. Um, Very important. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been it's been a fun game. I, I don't find myself going back to it that much, uh, although it does have like a – it now has like a, a versus mode. It has an online multiplayer. And uh where you can shoot other little spacemen. And uh that's pretty cool, but I haven't really played that except for once or twice, because it's not if I want to play a first person shooter that's gonna be online and competitive, I have I feel like I have other options.
0: Yeah, it seems just the idea of doing multiplayer VR is very mind blowing in my Mm -hmm. opinion. It seems hard. It seems like uh, it's. it took a while for any multiplayer to be seamless. Adding the complexity of VR seems like it might be an iffy proposition.
1: There actually is a lot of, I think, potential for multiplayer in VR, uh, which is actually got some unique fun that you can have there. Uh, there's something that I've been meaning to get around to trying, and I've taken forever to actually get around to doing this, but it's called Rec Room VR, which kind of just grabs itself as a virtual reality social club. And there's all sorts of games inside of this free game. You create like a little avatar. that's like a little uh, person with a floating head and floating hands. So, you know, really all that the game tracks, right, is your head and your hands. So it just shows the head and the hands and a little floating body. Uh, And then you go and you can play paintball. Uh, You can play uh, lots of different mini games like disc golf and I think you can play pool and stuff like that. Uh, there's like a, a charades game you can play hmm. uh, and they've been adding stuff to it a lot. There, it's, it's getting to have a lot of different things you can do in, in rec room VR. And it is, uh, is really neat. I've seen the way they do the paintball. And aside from the movement issues that I mentioned, like while playing the, um, any game that you play where you have to move uh, and use the move controllers, which I think are, Poorly named.
0: The don't move controllers, uh,
1: The movement with the move controllers is tricky and bad uh, because you're using very unintuitive button controls, but I'm sure once you get used to them, it, you can you, you get proficient. Um, like y- You're doing a lot of the cool actions that you would expect in a first-person shooter, like diving behind stuff and blind firing from cover and, and stuff like that. And, and all that in games like Rec Room or, or games like Farpoint is really... Neat and unique and intuitive and really cool. Um, so yeah, I've got to get around to that. Um, and like I said, it's free. I don't know what they're selling in there. Probably different heads for your floaty head, but uh, you know, it could be pretty cool. Um, th- there is something I'm super excited about though. Like I, before I get into Rec Room, I'm probably going to pick up something coming out in two days, May eighth. Uh, it's called Cool Painter VR which I think the PlayStation VR has had something missing from it. There really, there's two things that other VR headsets have that the PlayStation VR has not had up to this point. Um, both of them are things that I think are owned by Google, uh, and so that kind of explains why they're not on PSVR Because it's Sony, I guess, in in competition.
0: Yeah, and Google has Google Cardboard, and it's going to insist on their own VR space. Yeah. They'll get there eventually.
1: Uh, Google has a a 3D, a a version of, uh, this is still not on PSVR, but Google has a version of Google Earth that I really want to try in VR. Google Earth in VR looks really cool. Like, you can fly down and see landmarks and look down on them in 3D, and Google has done such a cool job there. Uh, but the thing that they have that, uh, and I'm forgetting the name, uh, right now, but Google has an art app for their, uh, for their VR it looks really fun. And cool painter VR looks like it has a lot of those same features. Cool painter VR lets you use the move controllers. One move controller becomes a palette that lets you select your brushes and the other move controller becomes a brush and you just paint right in midair and you can then turn and inspect your paintings from any angle, uh, changing their size and shape and uh, using all sorts of different tools to create incredible 3D works of art. And I find that really intriguing. There was a, um, a demo that came out alongside uh, the PSVR, for a music game. I can't remember. It was like Harmonix Music or Harmonix VR, something like that. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong about the name there, but I played the heck out of that demo because one of the modes in it was basically a drawing app where you could draw in midair and and the music would like make your drawing pulse and move. And I could do without the music and I could do without the pulsing and moving. I just really liked the experience of drawing in 3D in midair and being able to like create something three-dimensional you know, just with my hands, really neat. So I, I can't wait to give that a shot. And um, honestly, there's a couple of other things. I, while we're on the subject of things that are coming for PSVR, I'm pretty much I'm I'm kind of running out of out of steam on PSVR news right now because I like I said I my my time is limited. But Rick and Morty has just come out. Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm a passing fan of Rick and Morty. I like the show quite a bit. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of Crows, Crows, Crows.
0: Crows, Crows, Crows. They
1: made some really good stuff. Go see our, our episodes on uh, the game whose name I can never remember.
0: Dr. Langalef, the whirlwind, emerald heist, and the tiger. I don't know, Dr. Search-
1: Langaskov's emerald heist game.
0: Yeah, we we make up titles every time you mention this yeah. game. Yeah.
1: Just crows, crows, uh, crows,
0: or just look up, just search the shortgame.net for the word tiger. It's the only game involving a tiger, I believe, in our catalog. For now. But crows, crows, crows are beautiful weirdos, and they send the most obscure email newsletters, by the way. They're so weird. Yeah,
1: for a while, their content was exclusive to, like, computer-based VR. And so there's two things they have made that are now available. Uh, One of them is Rick and Morty and the other is called accounting. And, uh, both of those are on my two playlist. I've heard some iffy things about the tracking on, uh, Rick and Morty and on accounting. So some iffy stuff about, you know, like I've mentioned those issues where like something is behind you and you can't grab it because it's blocked by your body when you turn, uh, and your tracking dies right behind you or, or issues like, um, in Rick and Morty one, one issue that, comes up in any kind of sandbox or toy box style VR game is is what happens when you drop something. Uh, Imagine that you are playing a game where you're doing a lot of picking up of objects with your hands uh, and then you drop those objects but the camera is not positioned in such a way that you can reach all the way down to your feet. Uh, You lose tracking maybe at knee height or shin height which is Almost every way you can set up the PlayStation VR, that's going to be the case. So in Rick and Morty, I understand like right now, if you drop something, forget about it. You might as well restart the level. (laughs) So uh, you gotta, you gotta be careful with that kind of thing. Uh, Hopefully they've got that ironed out. I've heard that the devs are working on making some additional features to make things a little better for PSVR users. Um, And then the last game I'm, really looking forward to, this one's not out yet in the form in which I hope to buy it, uh, is Battlezone. There's a gold edition of Battlezone coming out. Battlezone was a launch game for the PlayStation VR, um, but the gold edition is basically giving you all of the DLC. I didn't quite like the DLC model that they had uh, for that game, because it was, it was seemed like there was an awful lot of DLC for it, and um, I played the demo for it, and it was pretty cool, but um you know, I, I I never got around to it for a while. And when I got back to it, I was like, gosh, there's an awful lot of DLC for this. Do I really want to play something that is going to mean putting on a headset and also paying a bunch of extra money and all this other stuff? The Gold Edition does two things. First, it gives you all the DLC for free. And second, it gives you the option to play outside of PSVR, which I wish more games would do. Um, Battle Zone is a PSVR... Um, first person tank game based on the classic battle zone arcade game. And you pilot a tank, uh, with your PS, with your PlayStation controller, which you can actually look down and see which more games should do. And you're, you're able to customize the tank in what amounts to kind of a roguelike. You're like moving through level by level, killing all these drones and other tanks and, you know, mechs and things that come and attack you. And, uh, as you, as you fight your way through, it's also multiplayer. So you can play online and it'll match you up with other random tanks, uh, to grind your way through these levels. And it's such a cool looking game. It looks very outrun, um, very, um, you know, early VR is what it looks like. And it's very inspired by that classic arcade game, which, you know, everything was wireframe vector graphics. It was very, very cool looking. There's like a, you know these wireframe the style game yeah yeah like maybe 6 or 7 polygons to make a tank and uh in the arcade game it was really cool cuz you would use these like tank controls you had like two levers and you'd go forward by pushing both levers forward or turn by you know doing one lever at a time and uh i mean i have a lot of positive feelings for that old arcade game and the the battle zone demo almost sold me almost Uh, And I think maybe this Battlezone Gold Edition is going to get me to pull the trigger. So it's going to be pretty cool.
0: If it seems awesome enough that it will still be good without VR, it's on every platform. PS4, Steam, they're even releasing it for Switch. So um, Gold Edition, it'll be interesting to see how it lives up without the extra immersion of VR. I mean, it might be like uh, Thumper, where Thumper's great in both places, but
1: having played the demo, I'm 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 down, and it has very very good reviews, so uh, I'm excited for that Gold Edition. I'm going to give it a try. I really would like uh, I, I would like more games to have the option to turn VR on at any point, and the option to turn VR off at any point. Like Moss is a great game. I feel like I only really want to play it in VR, but if I could play it without VR, maybe I would finish a level or two that way. I don't know. Uh, but I haven't really talked about, uh, Resident Evil 7, which is the scariest game of all time, uh, and works perfectly both with VR and without VR. Um, I will honestly say I played most of that game without VR, but I would have certain sections of the game that I would really want to go back and play in VR and I would do that. And it's just so cool, uh, to be able to play, you know, either way and have that, really, truly shocking, horrifying experience, uh, in VR where those monsters and creatures and horrifying family members get right up in your face and, you know, are, you know, you cannot look away because you are surrounded by the horror of it. So it's really cool. There, there should be more games that let you, uh, play VR or without VR. Uh, and I think maybe having a, another example of a game like that with, uh, with Battlezone will hopefully sway more developers to include a VR option in their games. Well, I, and I guess that's about it for what's going on in VR for me right now. Uh, if our listeners have any cool VR tips, any, um, games that I've missed, uh, I would love to give them a try. Um, what I'm hoping for, for the future of PSVR is that they're going to, maybe now that we've got the PS4 pro, uh, maybe some of their hardware developers, are working on a new version of the PSVR that you know, I guess on my wish list would be uh, increased resolution and field of view. Uh, but my number one thing on the wish list would be a new uh, controller, a new controller that has – you could even make it just like the Move controller but give it a D-pad. That would be so good.
0: If this why, was a movie, why haven't they already I feel like that? they would have like fingerless gloves.
1: You know – That would be cool, too. I would love to have some gloves.
0: That's what the movie version of the controller would be. Yeah. It would just be hitting buttons with your thumbs and moving around with fingerless gloves. And everyone would look super dumb, but amazing.
1: Yeah. I don't know how like what the best way to make it work is. I I think the PSVR is a beautiful hack. Uh, It's amazing that they've made it work at all. The controller is from 2010. So it's like an eight-year-old controller. Uh, the PlayStation camera also is pretty old tech. I know they have a new version of it, but basically it's the same camera that they brought out as a sequel to the PlayStation, I for the PS2, uh, the PlayStation camera was basically a PS3 accessory moved up to the PS4. So, um, it's incredible that they managed to get any of this stuff to work at all. The, the breakout box with the extra cords and the fact that you have to plug USB and, HDMI in through it, the, uh, the, the fact that like the, the location tracking on the headset is a combination of different technologies, you know, accelerometers, light tracking with the camera, using this ancient camera, um, all of that, it, it's insane that it works as well as it does, but it got them to the point where they have this, you know, really market ready device that, you know, is approachable and, you know, you get the full VR kit for less, dramatically less, uh, than it would take you to build a full VR kit using any other technology. But I just really want to see what version two of it looks like. They've proved that the PSVR is a console that people are going to buy. Like it's still, it's still selling pretty well out there and there are games coming out for it all the time, you know, brand new games that are exclusive to PSVR and are great like Moss. And so the, the initial reaction to the console has been so good. I really want to see what the, you know, the PSVR two, uh, has to offer. I really can't wait. So, you know, but even just a thumbstick, I would be happy if it was the same, but with a (laughs) thumbstick.
0: We have low expectations and high hopes, I guess. Yes. We just want a thumbstick. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to playing more of these the next time I come to your house. I'm sure that uh, your wife will be very happy if I come over to visit and I just play Moss for three hours. But maybe put yeah. that in. Your- <laughs> maybe she'll she'll go to sleep and we'll we'll play uh, more PSVR. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us for the short game. Uh, subscribe, rate, review us. Uh, we love hearing from you guys as well. You can go to our website and get all of our episodes at www.theshortgame.net and find us on Twitter at underscore shortgame. So Shane, where can we find you on the internet?
1: I'm on Twitter at 8BitShane.
0: And you could also find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
1: Take it easy.